night as the oversized sweater and baggy khakis hid his slender build. His pale blue eyes blinked more than usual, even for him. He was the coordinator of the library move, and in that capacity he took charge. He asked us to move away from the crumpled structure. The pounding in my head diminished. I looked around. Karen stared at me. I smiled weakly and saw relief on her face. Dawn pushed a glass into my hands. I sipped the icy water. The clean taste filled my mouth, easing the tightness in my throat and erasing the cotton-dry taste of fear. The gaping hole drew everyone's attention. Several friends moved closer to me. Sitting on the chair, I had a lower sight line. I could see some white, lacy material. My shoulders twitched and I looked away. I stared into the water. My hands automatically sought the chain of yarn I always carried somewhere on my body. I pulled a bright red length from my pocket and began a memorized pattern of loops and twists. Immediately, the familiar process soothed my jangled nerves. My adrenaline flow ebbed and my stomach seemed to retreat to an area closer to my waist. Curiosity overtook my initial fear, and I looked back toward the hole. It wasn't a pleasant sight— but I had really come unglued. I usually handled shock better than this histrionic display. For some reason, this felt different. I was still shaking. Who's Rick? A second shock seemed inevitable. What? I turned to look at Doreen. Who's Rick? You told Karen to call Rick. I told her to call the police, I corrected her. You told her to call Rick. You didn't say anything about the police. My face flushed hot. My head pounded with renewed ferocity. I turned away from her and walked the length of the library toward the doors. Ten feet before the exit, I made a sharp right turn, passed the abandoned circulation desk and stopped at the door to a windowless room, housing thousands of periodicals and magazines shelved on metal racks. I glimpsed my reflection in the window in the top half of the door to the room. My shoulder-length, dark brown hair seemed more tussled than usual, even for me. Lavender eyes with flecks of gold and an expression of fear, maybe panic, something not normal, stared back at me. I pushed the door and moved past my image. The area I was in was referred to as the stacks. I stopped to take a deep breath— my lungs filled with the delicious smell of old and new words blending and living on paper. The saying, so many books, so little time, caused a smile. I inhaled deeply again and continued to walk through the stacks for another twenty feet before I reached the exit. Now I was in an alcove at the back of the building. In the 1940s, there had been three small dormitory rooms and a hall with direct access to the sisters' dining room and the college chapel. During a renovation of the area, the two rooms at the far end had been remodeled into a reading room for the nuns. A long, narrow hallway led to the remaining old dorm room. The door and part of a wall to that room had been removed to make a study alcove for students in Power Hall. The long hall and partial room made half a cul-de-sac. Students used it as a shortcut from the dorm to the library or to the chapel. No one ever studied in there. 
The room had never been comfortable. It had always been the coldest spot in the building. It felt fine to me. Right now this was what I needed, a haven from that terrible scene in the library. Not many people traveled all the way down this corridor anymore. They usually cut through closer to the sisters' reading room. College legend persisted that a lonely spirit haunted the alcove and nearby hall. As far back as the forties, students talked about seeing a beautiful girl in a flowing white dress, carrying a luminescent white rosary in her hands, walking into the room at the end of the hall. That section of the building housed the oldest dorms. No one had been assigned to those rooms in years. Even after the renovation, students still claimed that they saw the beautiful specter in the fancy dress enter the alcove. She always carried the shimmering white rosary draped over her clasped hands, as though in prayer.